This episode of Intergalactic Interviews is brought to you in part by Over the Moon Games. Purchase the Fall, available now on PC, Mac, Linux, and Wii U. Blending the best elements of sci-fi creativity, The Fall is being called one of the best games you must play of 2014. Purchase The Fall now on Steam or HumbleBundle.com. Psst, some of us worked on it. Order The Fall today. Buy it now. It's not the name. Hey, listen, ladies and gentlemen, how you doing out there? This is Intergalactic Interviews, episode 51. What a milestone last week. But ladies and gentlemen, a new milestone this week as we are sitting down with none other than our... Can we just uh, get going here? It's early in the morning. Let's just start. <laughs> Let's just start. Perfect. That was, uh, that was a perfect, that was a perfect <laughs> timing right there. Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the voice you just heard is obviously that of uh, Jean Ram Jenksing, who uh, is more officially known online as Rammer. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Rammer. Thanks for getting me up and out of bed early. Hey, hey, thanks for getting me up out of bed <laughs> and very early. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the way it's going, but uh, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Yeah? Doing you're, good. You're sans coffee there. You don't drink coffee? I had about uh, two coffees on the way in on the ride in. It was a long <laughs> trek, but uh, I'm ready to roll. Oh, yeah. That's okay. I, uh, I don't drink coffee because it uh, stunts your growth, but apparently that is right out the window. You know, uh, out the window, I dr- I've drank coffee for a long time, and obviously being 6'11 hasn't done to my growth. The other thing I'll say on that topic <laughs> is people talk about milk, and you tell your kids, drink milk. First of all, I don't understand milk and yeah. why you would tell people to drink milk. It makes no sense why people drink milk, but that's a d- completely different story. Um, <laughs> I'm allergic to milk, so I have not drank milk since I was probably about five years old either, and again, hasn't stunted you. my growth. Yeah, you did good. So milk has nothing to do with height. Probably because you got a lot of vitamin R from milk. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, uh, right now you're you're currently in the uh, the release of the game of uh, NHL 15. Um, you've been working at EA Sports since 2000. So coming up on 15 years yourself. While this is not the 15th installment of the game, people uh, often make that mistake. Uh, I thought maybe I'd tell you I've been into this the series since my first copy was nhl 94 on the pc and uh due to monetary lack (laughs) i uh i went ahead and i immediately fell in love with the rosters and and uh, updating the registry on the pc and uh you know this is before the internet really kind of broke really if, if you will and i actually had uh updated rosters up until 1998 i believe so i went really into it i remember having like a a notebook at the um, the, the local sports highlights of the day and they'd be like oh and there's a trade and i'm like oh man who got traded and then uh, and i would uh, write it down and then run to the computer and try and update it myself or make characters and anyway the the reality like of how much the sport and the game have evolved since then is so huge what is it what is it about the franchise today that gets you excited uh, about uh, making a game for this friend, like this type of uh, sport? I think it's just how far uh, the game itself has evolved since 94. Right. Which, you know, 94, people remember uh, for a lot of different reasons. One of the main reasons is because the first time the NHL license and the PA license came together for the first time. So you could play with the correct jerseys and the correct players. Um, so it was really the first true representation of what people were seeing on TV with hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the, with the new consoles coming out, um, it's just enabled us to do so much more. And this year with our first uh, endeavor on the new consoles with the PS4 and the Xbox One, you know, what we've done with our visuals and our gameplay and setting the foundation for the future of the fran- franchise, that's what excites me the most is um, just the future. People don't know, our fans out there don't know the stuff that hit the cutting room floor. Right. Uh, and, you know, as we start to kick off what we want to do for 16, first thing we're doing is revisiting all those designs that we didn't get done mm-hmm. um, and seeing if they're still relevant, see if they still make sense so that we can kind of take this franchise to a whole new level. So for me, it's about, you know, the interaction right now with NHL 15 and what the fans are appreciating and what their wants are moving forward, but also the future where we can go. Uh, because we have big, big plans. Yeah, and I, I actually, um, 
I, I must say for, for listeners at home who are listening who, who aren't aware, um, the game for uh, for its current release right now was just announced earlier this morning. You were uh, burning the midnight oil, obviously, because <laughs> uh, I got that tweet pretty early in the morning. Uh, earlier than this podcast, actually, which is pretty early. But uh, I would... Uh, I'd say the updates that are coming down the pipe, um, I've, I don't want to say uh, I told you so, but to a lot of people online, I've been trying to explain that, you know, look, they're going to patch in content. They're going to, they're going to have uh, a lot of what you were expecting maybe on launch day. Like, I don't think people understand maybe from a development point of view that it, it's, yes, we want to get you the game so you can start playing and get, and get acclimated to it as soon as possible. And then, yes, here are the, the additional things you like. Like, that is not necessarily uh, the standard for a video game release. But at the same time, if you look at, say, maybe another copy in the series, uh, in the, uh, the EA family, if you look at uh, the, the latest UFC game, there's a lot of patch content in there that has really elevated the game to a or high or even if you look outside the EA family and you look to say Rockstar and what they're doing with the Grand Theft Auto series their latest their latest update with the uh, the planes and stuff uh, yep. you know all, all the all the flying ability that's that's unbelievable if someone said that that was coming down the line a month after release people would be pretty excited but because you can't really explain things people get nervous and they they like oh what we're missing we're missing this stuff uh, how, how do you respond to that now with with this uh, bit of ammo you can kind of feed the crowd yeah I guess two things first of all um, for us anybody making an iterative sports title we know every year in early September we're putting out a sports game um, an NHL game and it's an aggressive cycle for us in mm. any year uh, which is why we start as soon as we can literally before the game is on the shelf we will start pre-production for the following year knowing that every day that we're not working on the next version of the game is a day lost. Uh, and then this year with our first year on the new consoles, obviously uh, there were some technological hurdles that were kind of unexpected that came up that we needed to overcome, which took away some of our time. And again, we have a finite amount of time, so we couldn't get to everything that we wanted to, which is why uh, you know we're committed to the content updates, right. bringing back some of the depth and breadth that we weren't able to get in there for mm -hmm. launch. The other piece of it is, if you look at, like you mentioned, if you look at gaming as a whole and where we are today with the consoles that are pretty much always connected online, no longer do we put a game out on September 9th or first week of September and forget about it and move on to the next one and right. don't look back. Uh, you know, the reason why I was online so late last night is because we had a content update coming out. I also spent the first part of that night just in there playing against fans, seeing how they're playing the game. Oh, yeah? We put, a, we put a tuner update out on last Friday. Yeah. I wanted to play it, see how people were playing, seeing how it's changed the experience, seeing if people liked it, mm -hmm. didn't like it, what they want to see tweaked with it. Uh, because we're committed to a live service after we launch the game. It's not That's just right. get it out there and forget about it. Let's have that two-way communication. Let's understand what people are liking, what they want to see tweaked. Let's fix it. Did we create some imbalances, some glitch goals, potentially, that people are starting to exploit? We need to play it to understand that. Right. Uh, and then continue to deliver content. So it's really about moving towards a complete live service. After these content updates, we're going to do roster updates with the NHL season starting up right now. Mm -hmm. NHL Moments Live is a feature that's built to be a live service. As things happen in the real world, uh, we want to put those moments out there for you to then play and really tie that real world back to our game. Mm -hmm. So games <clears throat> and the delivery of games have changed. And uh, moving forward you're going to see more and more games committed to more of a live service after we launch and right. it's a bit of change um you know <clears throat> consumer expectations and what they get on day zero day one and what content's going to come after that right i i would wonder if since you've been at the company um you you've been a, a producer now since to since since you came into the company that's right, right yeah. that's right so for 14 years now uh I imagine when you took on that role, you probably weren't able to anticipate being a lightning rod, uh, essentially for uh, for the the face of the series, um, especially with the uh, the rise of social media. Um, you're one of the few guys out there, though, that really actually communicates with the fans directly. Um, even you know, vile people out there just <laughs> just slow, like just slanging so much hate, and you're still out there. Uh, you'd be like, hey, listen, uh, yeah, I'm sorry you feel that way, but uh, you know, this is uh, this is what we're doing, and this is uh, the best way we can approach it right now. 
um, yeah, like how do you, how did you how did you adjust to that? Like one day you wake up and you're like, wow, I have this many Twitter followers. And uh, it started with um, it, it started with the the forums and us making a commitment as an NHL franchise to have better two way communication with our fans. Uh, and we started on the forums and going back and forth and trying to answer questions. To be honest with you, the forums for me, as I try to manage my time, is difficult to get in there and spend a half hour or an hour or two hours. And with the rise of social media, with the rise of um, fans out there being able to interact with athletes or video game designers or producers, just opening that, that communication channel uh, where anybody can ask their question to me has made it a no-brainer to be honest with you yeah uh, again we need to understand what our fans are thinking and you know with with the internet there's good stuff and there's bad stuff that come with it but the two-way communication that I can have with our fans is invaluable to us as we tweak the experience after we ship the game to understanding what our fans want moving forward mm -hmm. constructive criticism I will take feedback I'll take constructive criticism from anybody doesn't matter what level you are in the company uh, what your status is outside of our company yeah. in the general public it doesn't matter if you're if someone out there is thinking it I want to understand why you're thinking that piece of feedback yeah. and understand how many other people are thinking the exact same things because there's a value to at least like if you're thinking enough about it to vocalize it there absolutely right, and there must be a value to it absolutely and you know a lot of times I'll be ha I'll have my opinions on the game and I'll ask the question do you think poke checking is a little too overpowered right now? Yeah. And I'll get that feedback and I'll get, if I get feedback from both sides saying yes and no, and it's kind of 50, 50, we're probably right in the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. If it's really skewed to one side, um, then we need to look at whether or not we want to tweak it a little bit. Well, what, what is one particular piece of feedback you receive that you are, okay, we're definitely going to either adjust this or add it or remove it. What, what is one piece? Uh, a good example is the, uh, glitch goals. So there's a right, you know yeah. a slap shot glitch that people you know some of the uh, the hardest of hardcore guys were doing out there and they were scoring goals and we have this vision for people playing authentic hockey and how we want the game to play right, as we yeah. build it and with the competitiveness of online when you see people exploiting the game uh, that hurts us <laughs> so we want to patch that up uh, I don't want people that want to play good hockey losing to someone who has found an exploit so it's really important that we fix that asap um, the other piece was. We have a mechanic, had a mechanic in the game where if the puck goes loose in our online settings and you pick it up, you're basically invis invincible for one second. Your stick could go through a player's stick and a player's leg. So oh. you're coming in one-on-one, the D-man knocks the puck loose with a poke check, you pick it up, and now you have invincibility for a second. You can actually get right through the D-man. Is that where the uh, protect the puck kind of exploit that's kind of going on is that where that's kind that's of, all yeah that's all yeah. that's all part of it so with the latest tuner update we've we've addressed that right yeah uh, we the the issue that we uh were initially trying to solve when we put that mechanic in there or that 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 the way we tune that in there was when you knock a guy over uh we found it too difficult because you don't have the fidelity in the controls for you to pick a puck up and then maneuver it around in a type space so you would knock a guy over and the puck would be sitting uh, beside the player that you knocked over mm -hmm. and you would pick the puck up and for you to get out of there you'd have to hit the player's body on the ice and then you would lose the puck which was extremely frustrating and he would get up and then take the puck right not realistic but we don't have the fidelity in our controls to manage that situation properly right, so that's where the compromise came because that from. would be a micro uh, adjustment right like a, a like a, uh, in a in a game situation like to be able to control your stick so much to micro adjust to the to the puck right that wouldn't that wouldn't work really in, in exactly what you're describing and the controls ability to do that like yeah and I mean yeah. and if we had the ability to do that which is you know somewhere something we might get to down the road the, the percentage of people that are actually going to use that micro mm -hmm. control um, is going to be very very small yeah yeah uh, so we need to you know it's a balance for us it's a balance between our core core guys that are going to do everything possible to win a game and also making our game accessible so that anybody can pick the game up and have a fun experience whether they're playing online or offline well you brought up uh, earlier the the you want to make an accurate game that's like as simulation as possible yep. and that's the way i like to play i don't uh i don't play as the habs and go out there and just start rolling <laughs> people with body checks yeah. and starting fights and stuff because uh, as a Habs fan, that's not how we really play. Right. We're, we're a speed team, transition. That's how I want to play the game. If I was playing as maybe Boston or uh, LA or maybe a, a stronger team like that, then yeah, you play like that because you can use the strength of the team. 
so that's how I look when I play I play very realistic and uh, I don't know if uh, any of the listeners out there there's bound to be a, a ton of new people checking it out because of uh, our guest today but um, this is how I play the game okay so I traditionally play uh, be a GM and I play uh, live the life or, or the be a, be a pro yep. so those are the modes that really intrigue me the most um, I personally spend about two to three hours every time as soon as I get the game and I wrap, rip it out of the package I spend about two to three hours every single game uh, adding in my own custom horns and music <laughs> and it's it's really a unique experience I've had people drop in for games at my place and uh, they'll be like uh, uh, how'd you get the Hockey Night in Canada theme on the game or something like that and uh, I'll just be like well you know this is the custom music option um, I know a lot of people are asking about custom soundtracks. That's more of a hardware issue, though, right? With the next gen. That's right. Yeah, yeah we're and I've seen through social media. I've seen all the requests for custom music, and can you bring back custom right. music? Uh, it's something that we're looking at mm-hmm. right now for you know the future, whenever that ends up being. But um, uh, the first thing that we need to do is see if the new consoles even allow us uh, right. allow fans to import their music. Yeah, because I don't think the ps4 does right now personally i I don't have a next gen console i I have a ps3 so my copy of nhl 15 completely serves every need i want i I have everything i want to do i I get to play live a life i get to play be a a gm um i get my custom soundtracks i'm fine everything's fine i can play online everything everything's good i don't get the benefit of the authentic uh, arenas or the multiplayer collisions but i know that that's something I will get down the line. I mean, I only got my PS3 maybe two years ago, three right. years ago. So I, yeah. you know, I, I'm late to the party, but I, I am a creative type, and so because I'm in the studio a lot, it's not necessarily like a like I get home from work and immediately play video games or something like that. I love gaming, but it's it's not the immediate priority. Now, the people making these comments to you online, that's like you can tell that's their priority. Yes. They, they work in the warehouse all day or whatever yep. and they come home and they want to they want to game and they want to play a bit so um is there besides today's announcement um there's plans in october for additional uh sections of the draft yes. uh, is being uh, uh added can you maybe discuss a little bit more about what's coming up in october uh just so people at home are like what's going on yeah we have a uh, a new as we you know we talk about uh, our tech and our tech being set up to do things bigger and better moving forward, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why we didn't get all the depth and breadth that we were hoping for uh, for launch itself. But our new GM draft is going in. Um, the details around the draft are going to come out real soon, but it's what our fans have been asking for, right. a proper countdown. Yeah, on the uh, you're clock. You're on the clock. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I played it this week. It's a very different experience. It's a fun experience. You kind of feel the pressure with that clock. It's oh, funny yeah? how just putting a clock up there <laughs> puts a little pressure on you. So that's one big piece of it. And the other big piece is online team play. Right. And the ability to play uh, 5v5. Right. As, you know, the EA Sports Hockey League didn't make it in there for launch this year. It's something, you know, as I mentioned before, it's something that the, the franchise is absolutely committed to bringing back. Uh, we understand the popularity of the mode. We understand um, the social aspect of the mode. We also want. We also have a vision for how we want to take the mode to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. And the road to the A Sports Hockey League runs through online team play as the core experience. So, online team play will come in, uh, in the October update as well. I think I saw some concerns because it is five v five. They're looking for reasoning behind not six v six. Is it because of goaltending being uh, such a different dynamic than the regular playing? Is, is that what the main reasoning behind that was? Two reasons. Uh, the first reason being the more people that you have, so coordinating 10 people, having 10 people versus a 1v1 online experience, having 10 people all playing from their own homes uh, is just more difficult, to, is more time consuming to debug. You have more opportunities for desyncs that you need to debug and fix all the bugs associated with it. Mm-hmm. And then when you add in the goalie's piece on top of that, you add um, you know much more variables that you need to test. So right. 
the goalie drops out or you start a game and you pull the goalie like all the different situations that yeah. could happen with the goalie with those two other two extra skaters on the ice just adds more complexity to the testing plan so the other piece for me is also again listening to our fans out there and the guys who specifically play goalie in OTP or in the A Sports Hockey League and one of the things I hear is that we want new goalie controls um, so when we do bring goalies back, one of the things I'd like to do is explore what exactly people want with new goalie control. To revamp it much in the way of the skill stick maybe in 07? Is that, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I think we talked about leveraging our fans to get some of that feedback. I, you know, We have plans to just understand exactly what kind of changes people want. So I personally don't play goalie in the A-Sports Hockey League Neither. or online team play, so no. I can't be the one going in there and trying to design it myself or work with the guys to design it. We need the people that play it and the people that are going to use it helping guide our decisions around that. When I get to the inevitable shootout, you know, as Carrie Price, I got a mean butterfly. You know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. Uh, I, I, don't have, uh, I don't have a lot of skills. I'm either just, uh, you know, uh, Tretiak out there just challenging you at <laughs> the red line, or that's about it. <laughs> that's my style too. Just go, just go aggressive, <laughs> aggressive butterfly. I don't know if that's uh, a proper goaltending technique, but aggressive butterfly aggressive. is my go-to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was actually gonna uh, uh, ask you because a lot of people out there that play the game, um, they don't really understand programming. They don't really understand the dev cycle. They don't really. They don't really get it. Some people put together pieces of what they think they know, and then they read stuff online and they, they try to fill in the blanks. But um, the, the bottom line is, this is a business, and and the the way that EA has approached some of its titles previously, I'm sure every time something is maybe not the ideal in the in the player's mind when when a game is released, they immediately go to, well, look what they did in another title. Look at these microtransactions and all these like monetization um is is there any uh i guess i would say safe haven area within the nhl series that you're you can put to rest and say look there are aspects to it that we'll always protect or or what or something something to that effect i think it's about everyone like yourself um like to play our game in different ways Mm -hmm. uh whether it's be a gm whether it's the be a pro experience and you know when i'm designing or when we're designing the game, we need to look at all of our consumers and how they play. And, you know, you're a guy that likes to play BGM, you're, like, you're a guy that likes to be a pro, we need to make sure that we're putting new stuff in there for you to appreciate year on year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, understand, are you someone who wants to experiment playing online? And if you are, then how do we get you safely into that experience? And if you're not, that's fine too. Um, so how do we keep you coming back year after year and keeping you satisfied with the product? Typically, people play one or two game modes. Uh, and then you talk about the microtransactions piece. We haven't talked about this a whole lot, but Ultimate Team is our most played game mode yeah. in NHL 14. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was playing last night with, with a lot of the fans online. And it, you know the, the compuls- compulsion nature of the mode itself has made it um, it's scary how it's it made it the most popular mode of the past couple of years. Yeah. It wraps you up. It's very scary that it way. It absolutely <laughs> does. But in a, in a different way, though, in a different way than it uh, than the EA Sports Hockey League or online team play does, True. where it's all about the social experience of playing with your buddies, and either your buddies you enjoy the experience because you're playing with your friends online, or you're all super competitive and you're playing with guys that you may or may not know mm-hmm. and going out there to win at all costs and you're trying to recruit the best players. Uh, so two very different experiences. But from understanding how our consumers play our product looking at the data from NHL 14 ultimate team has become our most played mode mm-hmm. um, I think uh, there was some comments regarding the GM connected mode uh, I personally never played it just because I very rarely run into people that play be a GM as hard as I do because because I would be the guy you know messaging other people like it's it's your turn to trade right. like we're drafting or something like that yeah. let's go you know um, so that, that was one thing but uh, it was removed from the next gen series because of its lack of use that was what uh, you'd mentioned in, in uh, earlier interviews um, some of the comments regarding uh, the GM connected mode was that it was very buggy and it, it didn't really work as it was presented maybe um, originally is that being revamped then uh, moving forward are there still plans to have a connected mode be a GM uh, we'll have to see we'll have to see moving forward so it's something. It's a mode that our fans were pretty passionate um, about 
in their ask for the mode. Mm -hmm. And when we put it in, it was surprising uh, the numbers that we were seeing of people that were actually using it relative to the other game modes. Uh, people playing offline BGM um, greatly outnumbered the amount of people that were playing GM Connected. And I understand the people that are playing GM Connected. Uh, the guys that played it absolutely loved it and played it hardcore. The reality though, when you look at the numbers itself, very few leagues had more than one or two people as part of it, and we supported up to 30. Right, yeah. Very few leagues made it past the midway point of the season, and even less, you know, very, of a, a very, season. Of a single season, yeah. and yeah. a very, very, very small amount of leagues even made it into season two. Wow. So, for us, when we evaluate whether or not we need to bring it back, we need to understand why people were falling off. Mm-hmm. And so that if we do bring it back, we can rectify that. Why were people only? Why were people not playing? We're going out there and recruiting twenty nine other GMs to be part of their league, right. like we envisioned it to be, and we, like we thought people were going to use it. Why are most leagues dying after halfway through the season? Is it something that we done on the design side? Is there more that we could do to continue people progressing through? Is there is there more depth needed to the feature? So we need to understand that so we can make better decisions if we do decide to bring it back. Uh, and right now we just we don't we don't know and. In a year where we had to prioritize because of the dev cycle where you know we had you know a year to basically bring eight seven eight years worth of stuff over into yeah, the next no <laughs> generation of the game uh we had to make some tough calls and and looking at the data looking at the telemetry we had around gym and connected is one of the reasons why it didn't make it for nhl 15. makes sense yeah um i actually uh uh i have an interesting story about how uh, we ran into each other i i think uh uh <laughs> Actually, if I, if I could take you back even a few more years, let's see here. Uh, my current girlfriend right now was catching a flight to L.A. with her friends. They were going down there for something. and uh, uh, this is we, we worked together, but we weren't dating yet. And uh, she came back to work, and she was like, hey, uh, you make music. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I, I sat next to this, uh, this guy. He's a nice guy. Uh, his name's Sean, but I gave me his card. And... Uh, so this was your card back in the day, and yeah. so I, I, was, I was looking. I was, uh, you know, as our relationship progressed, uh, I was cleaning up one day, and I was like, "What's this?" And, she, and <laughs> yeah. she's like, "Oh, I sat next to that guy on a plane once." And I was like, "Oh, that's funny." And then uh, fast forward to earlier this summer, and we were on a red eye. To uh, you were going to Toronto, I think. I was going to Toronto, and you were going through to Halifax. Halifax, I believe, right? yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. And uh, we got to talking, and uh, I recognized you because you know there's only like like one six eleven brown guy I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> I was like, is this Rammer in front of me? Hilarious. Uh, so we started chatting, and uh, uh, that's kind of how today came together. But um, I think we started through social media. I think we started uh, that's right. through Twitter yeah. uh, in the security line. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, Rammer, are you uh, here? That's uh, How's it going? <laughs> Just yeah. trying to be as casual slash awkward as possible yes. on Twitter. And uh, I believe, uh, yeah, we ended up uh, boarding the plane and uh, you sent me a, a, a direct message on Twitter, and you said, uh, "Hey, you're going to Halifax, right? You should uh, you should take a drive down to Lunenburg, uh, nice little town. You, you'll like it." And you know what? We had no plans to do that. Yeah. And then I started talking to my lady because we were bringing her parents. That was uh, our, our our Christmas gift to them. So uh, we were bringing them out there, and it's a great trip. But then uh, you know we had a couple of days left, and. And uh, I said, hey, we should, uh, we should go check out this place, you know? It ended up being one of the highlights oh, of the fantastic. whole trip. Absolutely gorgeous little place. Little town, uh, Lunenburg. Just beautiful. And uh, uh, I guess the history of the town was it was like a, a shipbuilding town back in the day. They, they built the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, the blue, blue The Blue Nose. The Blue Nose, the blue yeah, nose that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Which is on the dime. That's right. That's right. People get educated. Here, yeah? <laughs> I had no idea until I started going to Lunenburg for work. I had no, I had no I had no idea. I probably didn't know that Lunenburg existed. And the first time I went there and took the drive from Halifax to Lunenburg, it was absolutely beautiful. Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous drive. You were right about that. Yeah, it was it was actually really nice. Then I realized I was like, oh, this Rammer guy, he's got he's got some good ideas. You know, <laughs> yeah, let's get him on the show. Talk about Lunenburg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the. The the background you have coming into EA, uh, you worked on uh, I think it was NBA Live two thousand two. That was uh, probably a little later. That probably uh, was that your first credit at the. At interesting the enough, I my first actual credit in a video game goes back to NBA Live ninety five and wow, 
and uh, Coach K basketball. Okay. <laughs> College basketball. When we were work, I was playing basketball at university, and in the summertime back then, relatively the games industry relatively new. A lot of software engineers and artists uh, making the game and responsible for the authenticity of the game as well, and probably not, not probably not the, the the best people in terms of knowing the sports inside and out and what authentic and what it was to feel like being on a basketball court and knowing the moves and the tendencies of the players and the team. So our summer job was literally to go to the EA studios for weeks on end and play the game as it was wow. in development for eight hours. And at the end of the day, the producers would come by and say, what do you think was real? What's not real? What do we need to fix? Yeah. And that was our summer job, wow. which was unbelievable. So that was kind of the first credit for me. And then funny how things kind of went full circle. I had no idea I'd end up in the video game world, playing basketball overseas, Came back and just kind of wait for our next contract to go back and play somewhere. I had some buddies that were working at Radical Entertainment. Oh, yeah. Some guys that I played university basketball with. And I walked into the studio at Radical. And literally, in Yelltown, sunny day, guys are in shorts, t-shirts. <laughs> and I walked into their, uh, their, their kitchen area, food, fridge, drinks, a keg of beer. Wow. And I was like, this is work? Yeah. This, this, is, is, uh, this, this is a job? And um, I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Went for lunch and, you know, and, and as I waited for my next contract to come through, I'm like, oh, you know what, I'll just throw my kind of resume in there. And it's one of those things, my two buddies had actually gone over to EA to work on MBA at the time. And uh, the guy who had taken over the MBA business for Radical was a guy that I went to university with, um, Cam Weber, who's now the GM of the football business at EA overseeing mm. Madden. Wow. And he's like, oh, Rammer, come on in. I need somebody actually to help me work on the authenticity of basketball. So my first contract job, real contract job in the industry was scouting NBA teams using a tool that was created for me to design those plays. So people, the players on the team and the teams ran authentic plays in the game. And that was my first start in games. Wow. Fast wow. forward, Radical lost the contract for basketball and hockey. That's right. And I was doing some random stuff and, you know, sports, uh, I've grown up with sports and I've now know that I always want to work in the field of sports and have sports be part of my life. And NBA or EA had just received the license for college basketball and my buddies called me up and say, hey, listen, I know you're not working on sports right now. Do you want to come to EA and work on college basketball? Ooh. That was my in over to EA. It was a tough decision because I really loved the culture, the small company culture of Radical. I didn't know any different. I didn't know what big company was right. like. Yeah. Went over to EA, worked on college basketball for a good couple of years. And I think the first uh, NBA title I worked on was probably you know, five or six. Yeah. Um, worked on college basketball for the first bit. Really small team, really passionate team. And just a bunch of young guys that were literally making video games in the day and going out at night. And coming back in and making video games and like it was you know some of the funnest years of my life back then super good group that's Ab awesome absolutely and again I'll, I leaving I'll tell you this and I, I tell people leaving sports and that world of sports and that team culture I never thought that I would ever be a part of a team again I thought as soon as my basketball career was done um, that was it for team culture and well, well how long did you play over in Europe I was there for, I was over in New Zealand for one season, came back and then ended up making video games. So it kind of raised, for me, because I loved making games so much, it raised the bar. So I still had an agent out there looking for new work for me while I was right. working in games. But the bar for me, going back overseas to play had been raised. Mm -hmm. um, the, the amount of dollars it would have taken me for to leave the job that I was loving to go back and play was, was you know, the, again, the bar had been raised. And people underestimate, you know, we're talking about sports a little bit, but people underestimate how difficult it is to go leave kind of your friends and your family and go play in a different country and I remember my first my first game in New Zealand had a great game you know and you get your name of the papers and picture in the papers because you're the import <clears throat> guy there and you go to back to your room and you're like you have nobody to share it with it's a really awkward yeah. awkward feeling so when I see <clears throat> you see hockey players coming over from Russia or coming over from Sweden and starting this new life in this new country and you're making good money but a new respect for those guys that actually stay here after their season is done or stay here in the summertime because yeah. they don't know north america they know their their european world that's right yeah. uh it was, so it's a very different experience for me well there's a lyric out there that's like uh 
how can you know everyone but know nobody absolutely and, and that's Absol- really how it feels right absolutely yeah. it's the I, I remember that night and I will never forget that night after our first game or the night the morning after the first game and it was just a just an awkward feeling of having this success and something that I've always wanted to do and really not being able to share it with anybody well Bob Seeger you know he talks he's got all those songs about being on the road obviously but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know but in, uh, in turn the page when he's like oh, you hear the the, the ringing in your ears of the, of the crowd when you're but it's just you on your pillow you know, yeah that, that kind of feeling yeah. where you're like oh but that's it's an odd sensation to have it um, to elastic your experience so much to be like oh I know everyone and everyone knows me and then okay I'm just me at my dorm yeah essentially you know just hanging out and then it, go back and then it's odd uh, it's, it's yeah. a little bit odd yeah um, I moved out here uh, nine years ago and uh, I had very similar situation where I, I just I left everyone I knew I came out here I didn't know anyone and uh, you know I've been very blessed with how things have progressed through the years but I could definitely relate to that in in that oh, okay you, you go somewhere you don't know and you're gonna basically just make yourself in that area that industry and you're just gonna try your best like, essentially and just yeah. cross over yeah so you know this podcast I've been doing this podcast now uh, next week will be 52 episodes so uh, 51 episodes this week that's close to a year right almost a year um, it's interesting, you know, because it offers me a lot of opportunity to speak to different personalities of the industry. That That's the whole point of this podcast is I wanted to do um, an entertainment industry podcast that just deals with the personalities within the industry. And then we can talk to anyone. It doesn't have to be just comedians on the show. It doesn't have to be just directors or, or actors or, or musicians it can just, or, or video game designers or producers, whatever. It, yeah, can, yeah. it can be anything. It can be a set dresser if you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want it. Um, uh, I was going to ask, who do you cheer for uh, when you watch sports? Uh, you know, just for the sake of conversation because it's NHL. Um, because you're a local, are you a Canucks fan? I'm a, uh, I'm a diehard. I'm a diehard Canucks fan. Diehard, okay. I live and die. Do you have... Do you have a, any anticipation in terms of how you feel the the team's going to do this year uh, compared to last year? I think um, I think they're going to have a a good year. I think the challenge for them though is all the other teams in the West have gotten so much better. Yes, and are crazy enough. Like they needed it. But yeah, <laughs> and are positioning themselves to take a run at the cup. And if you look at just sheer firepower. Uh, I think other teams have better firepower mm-hmm. than the Canucks do this year. That said, um, I do like the changes that they made in the dressing room. I think the Sedins, just knowing those guys a little bit, are going to have bounce back years. Those guys are workhorses. Have, have uh, you shook Henrik and Daniel's hand this year? Uh, last time I saw them, no, probably, probably about a year ago, I think, is the last time oh, that okay. I saw them. I was going to get a vibe for their energy from you. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I shook their hand and I could feel the uh, the comeback power. Or <laughs> I would never, from working with those guys a little bit, I would never bet against those guys. Never. Those eh? guys are such, I mean, you hear about all the community work that they do right. and the charity work, but those guys um, are just unbelievable people that I would never ever bet against and I think they're gonna have fantastic years this year you do a lot of charity work yourself um, with EA but uh, also on your own time um, you you do a lot of uh, with uh, McDonald's uh, or the Canucks uh, the, the Canuck House. Uh, what's the... Uh, Canuck's Place. Canuck's Place. That's yeah. It. Sorry. I was thinking Yeah. five other things here. Trying to host. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with, with Canuck's Place, um, a lot of a lot of youth I- involved there are uh, um, on a terminal path, unfortunately. But uh, they also have um, a lot of a lot of life uh, left, uh, essentially, when they're still here. And then they, they have uh, a lot of... A lot of hope and a lot of them seem to put a lot of that hope into uh, playing video games um, what does it mean for you when you can give your time to to them when you see what gaming means to them and they get to meet you and talk about the game yeah it's unbelievable so we uh, at EA do a lot of charity work we have a lady Wendell Harlow um, who does fantastic work with all the charities and she's the facilitator. Um, to be honest, if it were up to me to go out there and coordinate myself, I wouldn't be able to do as much as we do. She handles all of that, works with the different charities, brings these kids in. We do a lot of make-a-wish type stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of work with Canucks Place. And 
you know, for these kids that live and die our game, a lot of them, you know, a lot of them are in really, really tough situations and how they pass their time or their sense of entertainment because they can't go outside and run around and play with the other kids, a lot of them, right. is they play our game. Um, they sit in front of the TV with a console. A lot, of them, a lot of them, you know, just aren't mobile enough to do the things other kids are doing. So they'll sit with their controller and play our game. Um, and so for those kids to want to come through EA and want to see what we do behind the scenes and see our game in the making and for me to tell a kid that he's one of the or she is one of the first people to ever play the next version of the game before wow. it's even released before media have seen it before anybody outside of our team have played it that's the thrill of a lifetime for these kids and i'll tell you like seeing those kids smile and the impact that what we do which for us it's a fun job and we understand what we're doing we're making entertainment but to see these kids come in and be blown away about what we're doing and getting a first-hand look and be able to go back and tell their other buddies they were the first to play our game mm-hmm. is unbelievable and then for me personally uh and we've been doing this for a long time and having kids come through having a little girl now the first time i remember the first time we had uh oh, that's right your father now that's right yeah, yeah. so yeah. my little girl's six and the first time that we had um, a child come through that was in a difficult situation after me having my own child uh, was was a very very moving experience for me and you realize uh, how lucky you are just to have health in your family that's right because uh, you see not everyone is fortunate um, to be in the situation that you're in and some people have a lot of hurdles to overcome a lot of tough times and you see it's 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 you see the love in the families mm-hmm. uh, but you also see it's, it's taxing I mean it's it's there's it's a stressful situation and how strong the kids are how strong the families are the power through that stuff is really really eye-opening and unbelievable you um, need to uh, Im- you know impart some of your own energy and receive their energy from it it's a very powerful experience obviously and you know in in the music industry uh, I often tell uh, a lot of the artists I produce uh, I always tell them I'm like you know what I uh, you, you think you know, but you, you don't really know whom you're impacting until, until you may never know, actually. You may never <laughs> actually know. You'll never really know whom you impact because the, the percentage of people that reach out to you and tell you something compared to someone who hears it and enjoys it and just never says anything and you're just that moment in their day, that's it. Like with gaming, it's got to be very, very similar to that. Any type of entertainment vice essentially yeah and i and i put myself i I put myself in the same shoes and i I think about how many times do i write to somebody or write to a company or write to an airline and say hey i had a fantastic flight right very very rarely (laughs) um especially the amount of flights you're taking yeah yeah but you know when when i have a bad experience that's when i actually think about should I let them know about it? Yeah. Um, so when I get it, and that's what the internet, that's so great about, that's so, what's so great about the internet is we can have that two-way, that two-way conversation. But again, yeah. for me, it's, for me, it's about, I will take constructive criticism from anybody because we can have a conversation about your opinion and try to understand it better. And, and like we talked about earlier, understand if there's something we need to change, how many people are thinking that. But if you say, Rammer, you're an idiot, you suck. There's absolutely <laughs> nothing I can do with that. I typically give people one shot at me and then I block them. Yeah. Um, so if you, you know, if you're listening out there and you ever see, you want to say, you want a little bit of comedy in your life, if you ever see me tweet back, thanks for following, that usually means some guy lit me up in an unconstructive <laughs> way and I reply back just saying thank you for following and then I block them right after. Understand. Because there's nothing I can, there's nothing I can do with that. And I've had, you know, I've had some funny stories of, I've had people write me uh, through Facebook, write me a two page letter of essentially hate mail yeah literally hate mail and i read it and and i didn't didn't reply to it i didn't think it warranted my time to reply to it but i read it and two days later thinking that was kind of done two days i didn't block the guy or anything like that (laughs) two days later i get another two-page letter from this guy different one uh a different one and wow this guy writes me and he's like listen i don't even know if you read my last response (laughs) But I wanted to say that I'm, I'm extremely sorry for what I wrote to you. Oh, wow. He's like, I was going through a very, very difficult time in my life. I'm in the hospital right now. My girlfriend just broke up with me and rattled off 10 of these life-changing events that had, had him in a really, really bad spot. And he Jesus. took two pages to explain why he wrote that letter and then, uh, <laughs> you know, why uh, why so much anger came out and just, and just apologized. A two-page letter, two letter apologizing. And 
I immediately replied to that because I can, you know, I can understand that. And, <laughs> and then I got to, again, I asked them, I said, well, there was obviously some frustration about the game in there. And I asked them to explain the frustrations with the game. And we had a, conver- a good conversation about it after that initial two-page letter of hate. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, something like that, I just got to, just a heads up. I mean, like, the first thing I thought when you were telling me that is, uh, okay, <laughs> you know, here's a guy who's capable of writing a manifesto. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the first thing I think. I'm like, okay, you know, if he's rattling off a couple of pages and then, like, completely reversing his thought, that just immediately tells me, okay, we got a, we got a, a bipolar condition here, possibly capable of writing a manifesto on, like, his uh, bedroom wall maybe yeah. <laughs> something like that I don't know it's a red flag for me but I'm glad it worked out that, that's 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 a good one it was uh, yeah it was a when I, I had to show a couple of people at work at the office because um that's I, a 180 it is a, a complete yeah. 180 and it's it's funny because we get a, we actually get a, a lot of that a lot of people just react um but then when you dig into it and want to have a conversation the issue that they're experiencing actually isn't that big. So one guy, uh, here's another quick story, but another guy just kind of lit me up. Your game sucks. I'm not having fun with it. You guys ruined it, this, that. And I said, so you feel that way, but can you explain a little bit more about what you don't like? Right. And nobody expects, and that's why it's so important for me, I feel, to be out there. Um, because nobody expects anybody from EA or big corporation in general to ever get back to them. And for me, it's putting a face to the NHL game, mm-hmm. the to the franchise itself. So nobody expects me, people throw this into that internet, they throw their feelings out there to the internet and nobody expects to ever get a response. Mm-hmm. And that's why they try and go over the edge to see if they can provoke you to get a response. And that's right. Well, because so, if, if they jump up and down in the crowd. Yeah, then, and so then, uh, people will do that. And I, yeah. so I replied back to this guy, I said, oh, so we feel that way. Can you explain to me a little bit more? He's astonished and suddenly his tone is like, and well, he's like, oh you. yeah, well, you know, Mr. I, <laughs> I just wanted, uh, I was just, it was a, it was a control setting about, I can't remember the exact detail, but it was a control setting about the goalies that he was disappointed we didn't have. And in fact, we actually had that. Right. But massive, you know, massive complaint in terms of the tone. Meanwhile, what was behind it all was a very, very small thing that we actually had in the game. And that's why I talk so much about constructive criticism so I can maybe guide you or understand better as opposed to just jumping up and down and <laughs> me having to block you and we get nowhere from that conversation. You should, uh, you should just, uh, I was thinking, maybe you should just add that to the, uh, the, the, the bio section of the Twitter. <laughs> so like, think before you tweet, constructive criticism is, is accepted, anything else is block material. Something and like I try that, and get you know? back to every, and I, I, that's a good idea and I've thought about that and I try to get back to, I really try to get back to everybody. It's, you know, so these days it feels like a second job, but I do try and get back <laughs> yeah, to everybody. No Last night on my Xbox, for example, on my Xbox One, I had 198 messages on there. Oh my god! And I think I replied to 175 of them last night. So I imagine today I'll have a you know 175 more Do you conversations. Know what the, just to give the equivalent out there, using uh, a console controller to type out messages, that's about that's like you did 400 messages last night. That's, that's a, the beauty of next gen, though. The smart glass. So you use the smart glass. I just hop on my iPad. I can access oh, my okay. account. Reply back. Yeah. Ah. Definitely, definitely. You know what? Unfortunately, I'm not using the I'm over here using uh, my not using stone the tablets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, is it okay if you if we uh, switch gears for a second? That's Absolutely. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, Rammer. Uh, we're here at Amp Records, and we're about to play uh, a segment on the show that we call Rapid Fire. Um, those of you at home who aren't familiar with this game, it's pretty easy. Uh, essentially, it's just like Coke or Pepsi one or two, but you have to pick one of the two. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, now these questions were specifically designed for you. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll go through it like this. Uh, question the first, uh, Xbox one or PS4. <laughs> That's tough. That's uh, tough. I play mostly Xbox one at home. Fair enough. Mostly because of the controller because of my big hands. That's right. Right. Yeah. That would make sense. Right. Yes. Yeah ergonomically there you know that's right <laughs> okay uh, uh, question the second um, Under Armour or Nike <laughs> uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm a Nike guy yeah I'm a Nike guy I got some buddies that work at Nike I'm a, I've always been a Nike guy fair enough that's good uh, you are a Canucks fan so uh, Pavel Bure or Pavel Bure oh you don't even want to know what the uh, second was no what if I said uh Trevor Linden. Pavel Burry. Pavel Burry. Yeah. Immediately. Absolutely. So you're a very forgiving guy. Once the, once the jersey goes up, 
you're a happy guy, right? We've absolutely we've never had a guy that exciting in Vancouver to That's have right. an elite, elite player and see that level of skill, being able to see that level of skill night in, night out. I mean, we may never see that again in Vancouver. We don't know. Rammer, you're a smart guy. That's that's the way. That's the way I feel. <laughs> As a Has fan, that's how I feel. I don't. Know. It's fine. Uh, okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, in the Stanley Cup final, off air, we were just talking about teams like who, who may advance to the West and the East final. Um, in the Stanley Cup final, would it be LA Kings or Tampa Bay? LA Kings. LA Kings yeah. over the Tampa. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. LA Kings. Yeah. Yeah. Too I, big, too strong. Uh, do you think Callahan's going to have a real big impact in Tampa Bay? Uh, this yes, year? Yeah. I think he's going to be a great role player that can put the puck in the net for them and do all the little things. I think he's going to be a huge, huge piece of that puzzle. I gotta admit, as a Has fan, I'm kind of scared of a healthy Ben Bishop. <laughs> that's that's a terrifying thing to me. And they made some good moves on D as well. That's true. Um, yeah. And don't forget they hit Drew and Stamco up front. Uh, yeah, just you know, casually up yes. front. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and uh, I think this is the last one. Uh, BC Lions or SFU Clan? Uh, I'm an SFU guy, so I'll go with the Clan. Clan, obviously. I'll go, go with the Clan. All right, that was awesome. That was a good round of rapid fire. Okay, so uh, I took questions earlier this week uh, on Reddit. And uh, Reddit, you know, a nice society of even-minded people. And uh, <laughs> uh, there's a ton of questions. I, I thought maybe uh, uh, we covered a lot of the stuff earlier in the podcast, uh, so people can go ahead and check out the, the full audio stream if they want to check that out. But uh, maybe we can just, uh, I don't know, skim over a few of these really quick. Uh, the top one that had the most... Uh, upvotes to it was uh, uh, are you happy with the product NHL 15 that you and your team released this came from Dwight K. Schrute ah, an office fan nice. uh, yeah. so are you happy with the product that you and your team released absolutely I think awesome. what we did on the new uh, on the new consoles with our gameplay specifically and the way we fundamentally changed the gameplay experience uh, and our presentation, which really taken to a whole new level with new commentators, NBC integration, and I didn't all even the give you credit about that. But uh, especially Ferraro, his his stuff is so on point. I really really like it. You know, like, like uh, with Doc, I love Doc. Uh, I love the way his excitement. You know, I, maybe it's just because I'm an audio guy in, in the, in the <laughs> industry. I I, I I like. I wish uh, I could have prodded him to do a little you know when he gets a and cross base guard like when he does that i want to i wanted maybe a little bit more of that but to get a guy in a studio having done a lot of uh uh, voiceover dialogue for for games and stuff i you know people you don't realize you're recreating a setting like that's that's very still true to life and i really like it absolutely and those guys are such pros and um one of the things people don't realize is we don't write anymore we don't write lines and lines of script of these guys we go in there and we give them just the context of the situation mm-hmm. and they need to think about it, visualize it, and then deliver it at game intensity. Because what happened in the past, in the old days, I worked with Dick Vitale, we talked about college basketball right. earlier. Right. I worked with Dick Vitale when I first started at EA and you know we wanted this guy, we wanted Dick Vitale off the cuff, PTP or awesome day, we wanted all that stuff. We scripted it all out, put the stack of papers in front of him and he started reading it. And we're like, man, we just paid a lot of money for Dick Vitale and this doesn't sound like Dick Vitale at all. Oh, right. Because we were trying to turn him, an off-the-cuff guy, into an actor, which he's not, essentially. Right. And well, there's no teleprompter during the game. That's right. You know? And so we're telling him to read off this paper and sound like yourself, but he just his whole shtick is just being <laughs> off-the-cuff. So then we like, what are we going to do here? We played a Duke Carolina game for him and had him and Brad Nessler just commentate the game, and we're like, oh, there's, there's Dick again. There's Dick yeah. Vitale doing Dick Vitale. And now with all of our sports games, we don't script it anymore. We'll give the context and the commentators, which is why it's so important to do auditions. You want Doc, you want Eddie, you want Ray Ferraro, but can they do the job that we need them to do? That's why we need to do auditions and make sure they can visualize it and then deliver it. And Ray, uh, Ray was fantastic in studio and the intensity that he brought was just unbelievable. I like Ray Ferraro. I like, nice guy. Uh, this next question, um, Let's see here. This one uh, says, are you confident EASHL will will return in NHL 16? Uh, Because we're not talking about 16 features yet. I will say that we are 100% committed to bringing back the EA Sports Hockey League. Right. Uh, Unfortunately, right now, I just can't commit to an exact date. That's Mm. not to say it won't be there for 16. But for us, it's about bringing it back, bringing it back in a way that's bigger and better and taking all the fan feedback. Right. Um, so that when it does come back on the new consoles, the experience is what people expect it to be. 
this one comes in uh, and says, uh, what are, <laughs> guys, I love, I love when they write it like so literally, like what are their, yeah. So uh, what, what are their plans in regards to patching and edit player improvements to BA, GM, and HUT? Are goalies going to be a focus 16? Uh, we covered goalies a little bit earlier in the podcast, but um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, what what are the plans in regards to patching and edit player? I, I, just because people want to customize. Yeah, it's still uh, TBD. I think the again the customization is something when we talk about the EA Sports Hockey League. Right. It's something that we know our fans want more of, and and just porting stuff over um, is an option for us. But again, uh, part of what we did this year was set our tech up so we can do bigger and better and more innovative things right. and do things more efficiently as well, which is really important when you put a game out every single year because the more efficient you are, the quicker you can iterate, the more stuff, the more features you can get in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I understand that that's something that our fans want is more creation tools, more editing tools. Uh, so it's something that we're absolutely looking at. Can we commit to it for a content update? Not right now. We'll have to see. Yeah. And plus there's still tons of stuff to come out in the next few weeks. Uh, the content update uh, mentioned earlier this morning man you were like burning the midnight oil because <laughs> i got that tweet around midnight and uh i had to be here for 7 8 a.m 9 a.m to do this uh this interview so, <laughs> so that, that was uh, obviously a lot of hard work um uh this guy when can we this comes in from uh honest bleeps says when can we expect full 6v6 again is nhl 16 a realistic target are we two years away three question mark Six v six v six. We talked a little bit about goalies earlier right. as well. Right. Uh, and the reason why it's not there for the content update in October is just the uh, the complexity involved with adding the two more skaters, especially the goalies, where there's, there's so much bug stuff. Yeah, like we talked earlier, there, when you add the additional variables of uh, two extra players, even two extra, like people don't realize you have ten. 10 consoles running that are have to be coordinated, coordinated and passing yeah. information back and forth to yeah. keep it all in sync and, and the goalies, that's just five versus five that's right yeah so yeah and the goalies add just add another another level of variability to it the other piece that i'll speak to around goalies is um like we talked about earlier it's just really understanding we hear from our fans that play goalie that um they want new goalie controls they want some changes made so what we need to do is i'm not a guy who plays goalie mode in otp or in the yeah, esports hockey league um, but those guys that do play it and have strong opinions about it, we need to understand what they want out of new goalie controls mm-hmm. um, so that when we do bring it back, uh, they're getting what they want and get a better experience and they have the next level of control which they're asking for. Um, this, this, one, this question, I'm not sure if this is, uh, if this is even answerable here, but we'll try this out. Uh, <laughs> it says, uh, from a gamer's perspective, the online game is hurt immensely by having a few specific shots be so amazingly high percentage. It turns into, quote, protect these few areas rather than, quote, play team defense. Is this something EA is interested in slash committed to addressing? 100%. So if you got the tuner update that we put out on Friday night, uh, that addresses some of the exploit goals. And again, it's so important. And that's why I was up late last night just playing the game, playing online, playing against some of the best players out there. Yeah, you're playing members of the community. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, you're not like isolated away. No, you know? no. <laughs> I play online because we have this vision for how we want the game to play. Right. And we make decisions based on the flow of the game that we want to see, how the balance and goal scoring that we want to see. And I understand how competitive online is. And people are want to win at any expense. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of times means trying to exploit the game, trying to game the game, trying to not play real hockey, but uh, just trying to find the best way to score, the highest percentage way to score and trying to exploit that. And the flip side is when you get a guy that plays like that, you need to try and just stop him from getting to that spot. And that's not the game that we want to deliver. Right. So that's why I lean on the fans as much as I can to send me videos, send me examples. After last night, I had guys sending me, um, sending me some specific shots from specific specific areas that they felt they could score more often from and what we need to do is assess that and get a new tuner up tuner update out there as fast as we can to address that if it's becoming a huge exploit because it just ruins the, it ruins the gameplay experience so we are 100 percent right. committed to always patching that um via tuner sets or content updates if we need to uh it's, it's you know just for the balance of online it's extremely extremely important okay um this one here it says uh, not to be contentious <laughs> gotta love the ones that start like that this one says not to be contentious um not to be contentious but compared to the 2k series the live the life mode 
uh, versus be a player is is very very contrasted. How can you approach live the life moving forward? Um, I don't know. That's it, a great. It, I think it's yeah. a great great question actually, yeah. and I don't think it's contentious at all. <laughs> uh, I think it's a, it's a very very valid question. And when you look at uh, personally, I believe that uh, what Two K is doing with their career mode is, is setting the bar in terms of the presentation, the story, and our live the life, which is a text base, is an attempt into that world. But for us, it's about understanding where the bar is being set for sports games that are out there right now, or you know, even outside of sports for different features. But if we're talking about career mode, understand what, where that bar is and where we are relative to that bar. And our live the life is not at that level, if we're gonna be honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. at the level of 2K. So for us, it's, it's one of the reasons why we didn't bring Live the Life over to Gen 4 is we need to reevaluate our strategy and what experiences we want to deliver for our career mode, understanding where the bar is. And just porting over Live the Life is not getting us any closer to meeting 2K or exceeding 2K, which is where we want to be. Exactly. Yeah, so, because the, it wouldn't even be that you added Live the Life to the next gen. It would be that look at Live the Life comp- compared that it would be the comparison anyway so if we're going to do it next gen let's do it properly and do that's it. right yeah that's right and like you mentioned before the foundation exists to have the this series really rise up to those expectations yeah but that's a, a that's a key key part of this because uh, again with the aggressive cycle of a year the faster that we can iterate the more better tools that we have the end result for our fans out there is more stuff in the game more mm. stuff that they've been asking for um just more innovation as well you guys are like Santa's elves, essentially, on Boxing Day. <laughs> That's what it's like. It's like the game comes out and you're like, oh, sweet, day off. No, there's no day off. We there's no, this, there's no, yeah. day, there's no day off. I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's twofold. It's planning for the next year so that we can get stuff going. Right. And also the live service piece and making sure that the product we up, that we put out is being supported with content updates, with tuner sets, with roster updates, with new NHL moments. Um, it's no longer just get the game out there and forget about it, move on to the next one. Can we just uh, very quickly, just for our, uh, our video portion of the podcast here, can we just uh, quickly run down um, the announcement today regarding the uh, patch content coming out and uh, the plans for October as well? Just really quick, September and October bullet points. Yep, today we uh, we added some depth to our Beer Pro. We added three stars back in there. We added coach feedback in there great. as that well. That was a huge piece. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. you know one of the modes that we didn't bring over for launch was our playoff mode. So you can go in there with any team in the game and you can play a tournament anywhere four to 16 uh, teams as part of the tournament. You can save it. Can you uh, play, uh, can you battle for the cup immediately? No. Uh, so battle for the cup as a standalone mode is not there, but with the new tournament mode that uh, we, or the playoff mode that we put in, you, you can work, essentially yeah. play a battle for the cup. Well, you can work for it. You know, yeah. like things in your life ladies and gentlemen just maybe work for it you know, a little <laughs> bit it's not instant gratification yeah so you can yeah. play you can play a you can play um a two-team playoff essentially oh i see. best of seven oh, okay. which is you know like your your like your battle for the cup yeah, that's a beautiful thing yeah. that's good uh so uh, uh the playoff mode added um coming up in october though they have uh the gm uh the rookie draft edition yeah. Uh, right. So um, brand new draft. When we talk about bringing things back bigger and better, right. this draft is something right. that our fans have been asking for with the countdown time. We're putting the pressure on, be able to make trades um, during that. It's and you mentioned you said you tried it and it's it's actually like kind right. of not maybe not nerve wracking, but it is like uh, you can feel the the pressure a bit. Right. It's funny just seeing a a timer on screen counting <laughs> down and how it immediately. Um, engages you and just gets your attention that you need to do something under this time right, restraint right. that you have yeah. so that's coming out and then we also have um otp online team play coming out 5v5 um so that's another piece that you know wasn't there for launch but uh, when we talk about our commitment to the EA sports hockey league getting online team play is the foundation of the EA sports hockey league experience so it's important to get that piece out that's right and uh for everyone who sent in questions regarding uh, online team player EA, EA SHL. Uh, a lot of this was covered in the beginning of the podcast so you can definitely go and look at that if you want to hear Rammer's insights. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of people out there I think are, are very very eager to see what's going to happen with the NHL series. Um, I saw a tweet from Victor Lucas I think a week from the uh, from launch and uh, I, I agreed with Victor's tweet. He said, uh, I'm going to just hang tight and see what, what, what the EA team over there and what Rammer, what those guys are going to do. And uh, I feel that way. And you know what? Today, when I woke up for this interview and I saw <laughs> that tweet, I was like, yes, vindication. It feels feels very good to, to be on the right side of that judgment. So, um, 
I wanted to say uh, thanks a lot for coming in today, Rammer. Uh, if you guys want to follow Rammer online, shoot him uh, your, your feedback. Constructive criticism, Constructive please. Constructive criticism, always welcome. Please, folks, be be gentle out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can always reach him on Twitter at Rammer34 and on uh, Instagram as well. Um, yeah. Follow his exploits, maybe seeing a Henrik <laughs> Lundqvist there in, uh, in a GQ shoot. Uh, other than that, though, I really appreciate you coming in today, man. Thank you for having me. It's been, it was a fun Absolutely. Time. Uh, you guys, if you want to follow me, you can always follow me on uh, intergalacticinterviews.com or you can follow me at MD underscore Boomsday. Send us your comments, your feedback, your medium constructive criticism to uh, jamie at amprecordsco.com. And uh, other than that, yeah, I think we'll uh, say goodbye to these folks. It's Perfect. all good. Thanks a lot for coming in, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. No problem. It's a go-habs, right? <laughs> <laughs> All good. Sweet.